Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're going overseas for this podcast, and we're joined by a special guest, Gordon Moyer, the Director of Greenkeeping at St. Andrew's Links. Yes, Gordon and his team are responsible for maintaining the famed old course as well as five and a half other golf courses. We thought that this would be an excellent time to get Gordon on the podcast because he can explain what St. Andrew's is like in the winter months. We're also honoring Gordon and his team at the Golf Industry Show in San Antonio at GCI TweetUp 18. Gordon and his team are the recipient of the Best Use of Social Media Award. So Gordon's also going to talk about how his staff incorporates social media into explaining some of the projects, maintenance philosophies, and environmental achievements going on at St. Andrews. Well, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us. We're glad you're able to take some time. We're recording this podcast. It's the middle of January. Explain what St. Andrews is like right now and the scene outside your office on a day like this. Uh, well, it's just getting dark here at the moment, but I'm looking out my window, and um, it's been quite pleasant today, actually. The, I don't see anybody golf, golfing because they're probably just finishing by now. But, um, yeah, that today's been good, but uh, yesterday and uh Tuesday wasn't it quite so nice, so it, it does vary. Every day is different. Um, we had a few people playing today, so it was quite pleasant this afternoon. What's your climate like? What's the weather like in the months of January and February? Well, it can be it can be quite varied. I mean, this this um, this particular last six weeks have been as cold as we've had it for a few years. We had about I think we had nine or ten days total closure in December, and we've had a couple. We've had a couple of days in January. We, we were covered in snow a couple of days ago, but it disappeared. So we've been around about the freezing mark most nights recently and only got up to about five degrees during the day of that. A little depends on the wind as well. Golfers are obviously hardy people, and they like to get out and play. How much play do you get this time of year? Well, it'll vary. We, you know, we can get um, anything between two and 3,000 over all the uh, per course, sorry maybe between two and 3,000 per course um, through December and maybe, oh, sorry, and that's October, but maybe December between one and 2,000 really just depends on the weather. Same in January, between one and 2,000 maybe. How much time do you have to do different maintenance practices and projects this time of year? What's the winter like for your team? Well, because we're on the coast, it's generally fairly decent. I mean, we'll manage to dodge around days of frost, we can find some things to do. We'll go to conservation management, gorse management, things like that. Um, we can also like protect some surfaces. We can take turf indoors overnight so we can get a, we can get turf laid the next morning. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll work around the weather as best we can. What are some projects you're doing this winter? Like most winters, a lot of our winter work is bunker repairs, rebuilding the faces because they get worn either through erosion or people hitting them with their clubs and their follow-throughs. So we generally try and repair maybe 25% of our bunkers each year, somewhere between 20 and 25%. So that's an ongoing thing every year. Uh, with no huge projects this year, with the exception we're upgrading our irrigation system on the castle course with a new software system. Um, and we had a little bit of mounding on the new course uh, to screen uh, an area has been it is a television area for the for the open what's your bunker construction work like what type of tactics 
do you use? Explain what the process of rebuilding a bunker is like at St. Andrews. Well, the, the faces of the bunkers and all the courses apart from the castle are reverted, so it's like a sod wall. Um, so generally we'll, we'll dig away the old faces as crumbling and stack up two inches pieces of sod and rebuild it pretty much the same way as you would build a wall. And that's all done in-house with your people? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all done with our own staff. What is it like training your staff to do that? It's pretty intricate work. Well, a lot of the guys um, on the crew have been here for, well, they've been here over 25 years, some of them. So that's just, that's just something that's passed down to, to new people as they start um, in the first couple of years they've been here. And, you know, some guys are better at it than others. And before too long, there's, there's a lot of them are able to, to do that on their own. What's your crew like? How big is it? You mentioned that you have a lot of experienced people. How, how big is your crew and what type of people are attracted to working at St. Andrews? Well, full-time staff, we have around about 55 to 60. Um, that'll include, the, we've got five, five guys in the workshop. We've got one irrigation tech or specialist irrigation tech. We've got a few other guys are, are helping out in that. But then we've got four teams who vary in size of between 10 and 15 in each of the four teams that we have. So some, some teams look after more than 18 holes. And that's for six and a half courses, right? Yeah, yeah. But we'll supplement that in the summertime. We'll take on about um, 30, between 30 and 35 staff in the summer from mid-April until mid-October. And we'll split them up equally into each, each of the four teams. That's a lot of people, a lot of people going in different directions all the time. Explain what your job is like and how are you able to manage a crew that big that has that, that many different projects and assignments going on? Well, as, as such, I don't, I don't manage the crew as such. I mean, as I say, we've got four teams, so we've got four course managers report into me, and they're, they're really responsible for the day-to-day -day operation and running of their golf course and their team. So I, I kind of just coordinate a lot of that. Um, sometimes in the winter we will pull resources and we'll use specialist skills. So if guys are particularly good in some things, we might pull them um, to do particular jobs. And if they've got, um, for instance, uh, operating an excavator and things like that, we'll, we'll use the best skills and, and minds around that way. So we'll, there's a lot of that coordination with that. Um, otherwise, my, my job is more coordinating things with committees, keeping people advised, looking at legal issues, budgeting, that kind of thing. Here in the United States, a lot of golf course superintendents and course managers are having challenges finding labor. What's the labor situation like in the United Kingdom? Is, is it tough for you and the other courses to find people that want to work on golf courses, or is there still a lot of people that, that want to do the work? I would say it's getting tougher. Um, we're in a we're in a pretty fortunate situation here, being St Andrews and the old course and the home of golf, that if we were looking for full-time staff and I was to put an advert out, we would probably get inundated. But trying to find summer staff um, is, is, is pretty challenging. That would go, that, that would, most courses would find that situation. Um, but yeah, it's definitely getting tougher. I mean, there's a lot of courses are struggling to get staff. When you do get to your peak season, what's the day-to-day -day work like? How demanding is it working at St. Andrews? Again, it would be very similar to other golf courses. I guess the thing that we're always conscious of that there's so many people come here maybe once in their lifetime. 
so they are expecting a certain standard. They've seen the they've seen the old course in television, and for them and for their visit, it's it's almost like their Open Championship. So we're conscious that we have to try and you know present the golf courses, not just the old course, but all the courses, in as good a condition and a standard as we as we can for every day through the summer season. So that's that's I guess the real pressure. And the other real pressure is, is we are so busy trying to achieve that. Um, between golf is almost impossible. So we, the first four hours are crucial for us. We'll start at 5 or 5.30 and we'll try and get everything that we, that we can done before, before golf hits us. So the minute we get caught with golf, um, you know, productivity drops hugely. You know, for most of us in the United States, our only exposure to the old course is when we watch the Open. How does the old course play day-to-day compared to what people see on television? Very similarly. We, we don't, as a rule, do anything that much different for the Open Championship other than a little bit more attention paid to detail. Um, in a normal summer season, the, the fairways would be cut maybe three times a week for the Open and the build-up to that and during the tournament, and they're cut daily. And the same goes for the tees. But greens are, greens are treated the same. The pace of the greens we try and keep very similar to what they would expect for the open. Um, height of cuts are the same. The fairway widths and the margins are the same. So, as I say, there, there's not a huge difference between the course that the, the average golfer come and play and what we have for the open championship. I mean, the, the, I mean, I guess the one big difference is the tees that they play off of. Because of the history of St. Andrews and because of the events that people see on TV, there's a lot of fascination in what your team does. How has social media and blogging and the other forms of communication help you tell the, the message to the world of what your team does? Well, I think the first thing is that the news that we're getting out there is the fact that it's instant. You know, it's, it's completely up to date. Um, and also the fact we can reach a, a global audience. I mean, it offers a real behind-the-scenes perspective of the day-to-day running of the home of golf. So, I mean, I think that's the main the main point. When did your team start getting involved in social media? When did everybody at St. Andrews realize that this would be a good idea for you and your staff? Probably five or six years ago, and it's built up since then. I mean, we've been doing regular blogs for the, for the last five years. So, uh, yeah, I would say maybe just over five years. How is that? helped you? Has it allowed you to maybe clear up some misconceptions that people have about the golf course and people are seeing things on the blog and maybe you're not getting as many questions directly because of that? I would, yeah, generally speaking, I would say that's pretty, pretty true of what happens. We still get, it does lead to some other questions, but um, from, from both a local interest um, and a global interest, it's, it's great that we're, we're telling that story and, yeah, clearing up a lot of misconceptions and, and a lot of the local people appreciate, appreciate that we're, why we're doing things. Um, for instance, gorse management, a lot of people are always questioning why you're cutting back the shrubs and the gorse. So by doing a blog on that, it sort of explains that situation to them. I noticed you recently had one about frost and how frost delays are handled at, at St. Andrews. How do you communicate that to your golfers it's something in the united states that superintendents and course managers have a lot of trouble with sometimes how do you communicate frost and what type of form is social media to get that message out well i mean we did we did that frost blog um because it was particularly relevant at the time we had 
we were getting a lot of frost through the, the middle of December when that blog went out. And again, it was just it was just trying to reinforce or reiterate the message that we that we that we put out and why we closed for frost. Even I mean, you, you can't tell the golfers often enough the reasons for that because they either forget or or your um, your clientele changes. We've got you know quite a lot of new or relatively new um, season ticket holders or local golfers. So again, just keeping them informed, really. One of the other neat things about the blog is that St. Andrews really tries to get out the message about the positive things it's doing for the environment. How important is that to you guys, and what are some environmental accomplishments you've had recently that you're really proud of? Well, you're right. It's it's getting that positive message out that that golf and golf courses are are good for the environment because that's that's now how it's always seen from non-golfers. So uh, that's, you know, that is one of the main driving forces that that I certainly got involved in it, was trying to get the amount of, amount of good environmental work that we do out to as wide an audience as possible. So environmental work recently, projects, well, we've been for about six or seven years now, we've been doing a lot of dune management to try and combat um, coastal erosion, make sure that the coastal defences are as, as healthy as they can be. Gorse management is ongoing um, gorse is such an invasive species. I I always use the ana, um, the analogy that it's it's like watching your kid growing up. So if you're seeing your child every day, you never notice much a change. And that's if you're playing golf every day, you never really notice much a change in the gorse. But if you're only seeing your child every six months or your nephew maybe every six months, it's like coming here or playing golf once every six months, and you know you will notice a difference in the gorse. I noticed on a lot of the blog posts, it's just not you posting them. You really have your course managers play an active role in that. How important is it to delegate those responsibilities, and how does that help the career of the people that work under you to get a chance to communicate to the public? Well, we try and we try and involve not just the course managers, but we try and involve a lot of other staff um, to to get involved in the blog. And it, it is usually um, supervisory staff, but we've got a couple of guys that are, and the teams that are it's a really keen environment, so sometimes they'll do a particular environmental post. Um, but that's good from getting everybody involved, showing them new experiences and things such as that. So it's helping build up their confidence and adding something to their portfolio for you going looking for, a, for another job somewhere. What type of response have you gotten from the international greenkeeping community via some of the work you do on social media? Do people mention some of these things when you see them at, at conferences? And do you feel like this allows St. Andrews to play a sort of a leadership role in the industry? I never, I never cease to be amazed by the interest it's shown around the world by what we do here and how we do it. It's, it's, it's always, every so often, there's always something, wow, I never really thought people would be so interested in that. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a good thing. And again, we got a lot of positive feedback um, from people that, that we meet at shows and things. But also, even going into the golf clubs in the town and, and some of the golfers saying, oh, actually, I really, I really like that post. I understand now more what you're doing and why you're doing that. So, you know, that's a, that's a very positive. Do you yourself look at other people's blogs and social media feeds? And if so, what are some things you like to see being exchanged? Occasionally, I don't I don't tweet myself, so I very seldom do that. I don't often have time to read blogs, but there's 
I, I do get get the odd one. Um, maybe on Facebook, there's people posting videos and and some stuff on Facebook. So yeah, I like I like to have a look at that just to get a feel for what, what other people are doing. Have you ever seen anything on social media or on a blog that you've tried on your own course? Have you been able to do that yet? Or have any of your course managers said, hey, I, I saw this person here doing this on Twitter. Maybe we should give it a try at St. Andrews? Um, maybe not so much work, but maybe products we've, we've seen or heard about through social media. We've, it would be more interested in trying rather than maybe processes. But yeah, maybe 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 yeah, maybe equipment and, and materials we've seen, and we've we've looked at different equipment. So, Gordon, what's the rest of this year like? You're going to get through your winter projects here in the next few months. When do things really ramp up, and when does uh, do a lot of people really start playing golf on a regular basis at St Andrews? Depending on whether middle towards the end of February we'll start getting busier. Um, we've got a lot of people just come. For a winter package that we do, it's less than playing the old, um, it's a slightly reduced rate because we still play off a little piece after tough on the fairways. But um, that, that proves pretty popular. And then, you know, from from then right through until late October, early November, almost every tee time on the old course will be taken from dawn till dusk. Um, it's incredible. We had 50,000 50, rounds on the old course last year. And that's the first time we've been over 50,000 for um, probably 20-odd years. Do you get any maintenance days? Are there any, any chances to do cultural practices, or, or is it just golf, golf, golf once you get going? Well, we're, we're sort of fortunate in the old course that it's still closed every Sunday. Okay. With, except, with the exception of four or five Sundays a year for the Open, the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, and a couple other events that we stage. The old is still closed on a Sunday, so that's a, that's a major maintenance day for us. That's when we'll do a lot of top dressing, verticutting, um, anything like that's been done, which would be disruptive to the golfer. And we'd, you know, we just we'd have to start at four o'clock in the morning to do that during the week. Um, and usually that time, the ground conditions are damp. So Sunday's a, Sunday's a great help for the old course. Other courses don't have that um, good fortune. So we have a, a few eight times that we we can block off a couple of our blocks. And we can do some stuff, but it's much, much more limited. What's the golf economy like now in the United Kingdom? Are you starting to see more people from places outside of your media area come in? Do you feel like things are getting a little bit better in the golf industry and your, your part of the world? It's, it's very mixed. Um, again, we're pretty fortunate if people are going to a golf holiday or they're cutting from three golf holidays down to two or two to one, they tend to, well, well let's go to St. Andrews. So... Well, what I've certainly noticed is some of the high-end clubs are doing really well. Some of the lower-end clubs that aren't investing so much money are struggling. The better-named, the better-named courses, the, you know, the ones that have the, the tournaments and championships seem to all be doing fairly well. Um, but there's a lot of really nice courses, um, which, because of marketing, are, are struggling. And also, I would say we're seeing a lot more people from non or what weren't the traditional Gulf nations. Um, there's more emerging markets like India, China, Asia, and, and even Europe. There's much more Europeans coming now than, than there were 10, 15 years ago. You've been there for close to 30 years, right? Uh, yeah, 27 years. How has it changed 
since then, or do you still see similarities in some of the golf courses now compared to when you started in ni- 1991? Uh, the, the biggest change is technology, technology and equipment. I mean, the technology changes in the last five years have been pretty substantial, and the equipment changes in the last 20 years. So you're doing maintenance now faster, better, less disruptive, you know, much easier for the operator. So that, uh, that's a big difference. And going forward, it's, you know, as I say, that's all, that's all speeded up even more in the last five years. So I don't know what the next five years is going to bring. Does it ever get old or routine or mundane working at St. Andrews, or is it still kind of a joy and a thrill every day to, to, to be on that storied ground? I think, yeah, I mean, everybody's got bad days, so I think it's always worth remembering on the bad days the good times that you have and the people that you meet and the places you can go. And, you know, we, we've had, um, I spent an hour and a half, two hours with six superintendents from the Chicago area this morning. They're over to our turf show in Harrogate, which is next week, so they've They've come over early and, and come up to St. Andrews for, for a look around today. So, as I say, it never amazes me how many people come here just to, to look and meet us. Well, Gordon, we really appreciate you taking some time. We know you're really busy. One last thing here. Where can people go to read the blog and learn more about what your team's doing? Best places is um, blog, blog com. all our social channels. I mean, sandandrewslinks.com is our main website. So there's links off of that. Um, home of golf, Twitter, the home of golf. That, that's the best. That's the best place. So yeah, go to our go to our website, um, St Andrews Links, and there's links from that. Thanks a lot. Congratulations on receiving one of our Super Social Media Awards too. It's going to be cool to honor your team at the Golf Industry Show, and we're just really uh, glad that St Andrews is so willing to share information with everybody in the industry. I know it's greatly appreciated by superintendents and greenkeepers and course managers all over the world. So thanks again for taking some time and everything that your team does. Well, thanks very much. I'm sorry I'm not going to be there um, at the awards ceremony. I mean, we are. We do have one member of staff over there on a, on a sort of delegation, so hopefully he's going to be able to come along uh, on the day.